Scene one, Apple, take one. Hi, everyone. I'm Shane Borza. Welcome to another episode of my Film Notes show, where we talk to people in the industry about the industry. I'm really excited today. We have Dale Griffiths Stamos here with us, who is a multi-hyphenate, which is one of my favorite kinds of guests to have on the show. She is a writer, director, producer, and playwright, and teacher. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to talk about a lot of different things, but first, I just wanted to have you say hi to everyone. Hey there, I am really happy to be here uh, um, talking about the stuff I do and hopefully people will gain some insights and maybe enjoy the stories that I tell. Now I was reading up a little bit about you. We were introduced through a mutual friend. So you're one of the guests that I don't know uh, ahead of time. And I saw that you, so you're a multi-award winning screenwriter, director, playwright, uh, you've done a bunch of different projects. Wanted to ask, how did you get into the film industry from some of those other things you had done previously, such as the world of stage? The funny thing about this is I never thought I'd get into film. This was not, this was not on my radar. I have been a, a, a theater kid you know, from the get-go. I fell in love with theater in high school when I was doing some acting, did some acting in college, and then started writing plays. Um, and I just thought that's what I'd be doing the rest of my life. But turns out that I had two of my directors of short plays. I'd done two evenings of short plays in Los Angeles. And two of the directors that I worked with um, in those, actually I had one for short plays and I had one for one of my full-length plays. They both wanted to move into film and or at least move more into film and they asked if I could adapt some of my short plays I said okay <laughs> and I began adapting plays to short film what I found interestingly is one I enjoyed the experience I enjoyed being on a set I enjoyed seeing what that was all about I enjoyed the expansive nature of it essentially I realized after about the third of these six films that I've done that I really did want to try my hand at directing. And I'd co-produced with these other uh, directors, but I decided just to take it all on myself and I took on directing, producing, and writing. Always from plays. They were always adaptations from plays, mostly because... In a way, the template was there. I was going to have to open it up screen, but the stories were there. The characters were there. Uh, the plot line was there. And they'd all been proven on a stage so that I had seen audience respond to particular stories I'd written and figured, okay, that one's going to make a good screenplay. So by the, uh, by the fourth of these, um, so that is my the last three shorts that I've done, I decided to take on the mantle of director, which I found terribly intimidating. And yet I knew I had to do it. One of those sort of leap leap of faith things. And I sat down with somebody who I respected as a director, someone who just did independent projects, but I knew he knew his stuff and just said, let me pick your brain. 
whenever I've done producing too, I do the same thing. I sit down with people who have produced and I say, let me pick your brain because you, that's where you learn how to do these things. So it was just kind of a thing of, um, I'm just going to take the leap. And what was interesting is even on the set, I, I could tell the things that were sort of came naturally to me and working with actors, probably not surprisingly came really naturally to me, probably because of all of my experience in theater, even though I had not directed in theater, I'd certainly been in almost all rehearsals. So I was always a witness to the way the director would work with the actors and had done some acting myself. So that felt very natural to me. Camera lenses and equipment and what, which camera you use and all that was not as natural to me. But what is nice is there really are two kinds of directors. There are act, actor directors and there are more technically camera oriented directors. If you are an actor director, you do need to know some basics, but what you really need to do is have a fabulous DP. Because if you have a really great DP, which in my last two films in particular, I had and will continue to work with this gentleman. His name is Sean Blodgett, and he's incredible. We are like each other's other half. And we communicate incredibly. He's also my editor. And we communicate there. I love editing. That's another thing I found out. You know, um, you, you may mention later about this book I wrote about Renaissance women. But the one thing I will say about people who, who, who wear a lot of hats is that what often happens is you find out you have a skill set by saying yes to things. And there's a lot of younger people, which I no longer am, who basically close themselves in, themselves in boxes and say, oh, no, I can't do that. And I'm of the attitude, I call it the can, can I roller skate school. When someone says to you, can you roller skate? The answer is always, can I roller skate? Whether you can or not. And then you learn. You, you either learn as fast as you can or you learn on the job or you talk to, you pick people's brains. But learning, you know, there's something called a growth mind, mindset. Learning is something you can constantly do. And in that process, what you find out is, okay, that particular skill, I'm just really, that that's never going to come easily to me. Let me give that to someone on my team whom I trust, who I can collaborate with, who will do it beautifully. But here's the areas where I know my stuff. And that's where I know that I can really bring my full vision to it. And if you have that kind of combination, the team you work with, like I don't really much care for producing. And I have two women that you know, Erin and Gretel of Miracle Makers Productions, who are wonderful and they take on those tasks in producing, and I've always had at least an associate producer because a lot of the details in pre-production are not my thing. I found that most people, uh, when you mentioned the sense of like the two different kinds of directors, I found there are really only two kinds of creators. There's the people who were doing something else, but have always wanted to write or act or direct or do something. And eventually they get to it. Or yes. the people who just 
kind of come out and go, hey, here's what I want to do. And they just start and they never look back. Uh, To uh, parallel that, uh, my buddy and I in high school, his younger brother, who was like 10 years younger than us, I went to college, I graduated, I was in the service, like I did all this stuff. And I came home and was visiting and his younger brother was just graduating from high school. And I said, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm going to New York City. I'm going to go to film school. And I was like, I don't, what does that mean? He's like, I want to make movies. So I'm going to go to college to learn. And I remember in that moment, I was like, I just wasted 10 years of my life. Like, I didn't know you could just do that. If I did, (laughs) I would have done that. So I came to all of this stuff later after having done all this, these other things in my life, but all those experiences helped me and gave me the drive to say, well, I'm like 30, I, I have to run. Whereas he started at like 18 and has been in the industry his whole life. But both of us found a way to be in the industry. So when you talk about being in the theater and writing books and doing all these things, to me, I think, oh, well, obviously all these things work together. But I wonder if maybe people listening might think, well, how did she write a book, which is separate than doing theater work, which is separate from doing a film? So because you mentioned that book, talk to me a little bit about when and where that fit in, in between some of your theater and film work and these other things you were doing. And it was absolutely in between. It was another reluctant thing I took on. It's amazing how many things I take on reluctantly and then I find I enjoy them. But my twin brother, Scott Griffiths, loves to, he's, he has an artistic background in advertising, uh, branding type of business had. And he basically loved to put books together as just sort of this artsy side project. And he did a book on modern day Renaissance men, and he hired an author to work with him because he's not, he's more of a visual artist. Um, he called me up one day and said, you know, everybody's asking me about, well, okay, all these modern Renaissance men, what about the modern Renaissance women? And uh, he said, well, I got the, I got the person to write that book. And he calls me up and, and I said no several times because I was in the middle of, I probably had finished one film. I was probably trying to sell some of my plays. I was in that mode and he just, he convinced me. But what was interesting about it was, yeah, it was a real side trip um, into an area that I was completely unfamiliar with. I mean, granted, I'd been a literature major. I got a master's in college and all of that, but I I hadn't ever written nonfiction. So it was interesting the question you said about how does it all fit together? And one of the things I thought is how I'm going to find my way into this book. I interviewed 16 women and I was telling their stories. And I thought, story. It's always about story. So I started every chapter with some really dramatic moment from their lives, from their and totaled as a little mini story, and then went into the interview and and had all these little, uh, you know, pop out quotes and things like that. But once I realized this is a story, how will I structure it like a story? Then the book began to come together. It did nicely, and um, you know, I had lots of people who were really inspired by it because. It is about exactly that thing that you and I are talking about here. How do you embrace many things? And how do you embrace many things well? So we're actually not talking about a jack of all trades, master of none. We're talking about the opposite of that. 
we're talking about um, someone who is able to realize that we are not one dimensional beings, that we have all these sides to ourselves and all these talents, just like I said earlier. And so that book was a celebration of that. I faced, a, I did about a year of marketing for that book. And then I faced a turning point because I realized mm, I can really go all out and start a speaking career and do that and really push this book on speaking stages. And uh, my gut at that point said, no, you're going to go back to film and theater because I don't stop theater. I still do it. Um, and I realized that's where I needed to, I needed to return to that. So the book was a sideline, a happy sideline, but a sideline. So that's, that's kind of where that came from. But, you know, I've maintained friendships with women from that book. Some of the people who are helping me now, and we can get into that, are from that book. So it's really interesting how things weave together. Um, so yeah, that's where that's where that. And as far as theater, I think theater to film is a little more natural. You know that it is dialogue. They're both dialogue driven. They're both character driven. Uh, you're never in someone's head. You know, so it is. It's an art form that is a sister art form, if you will. So I think that was a much more natural evolution. And by the way, I came from, <laughs> I came from languages, foreign languages. I did a master's in romance languages. So like I said, I've kind of, and I love languages. I still, I still, I speak several and I love them. So, you know, I guess what I, what I would have to say in the end is it's all about sort of a insatiable desire to learn and grow. And I don't see filmmaking as any different than that because I'm still constantly, I'm doing things like going on to your podcast or site, you know, to learn from other filmmakers. I'm constantly looking at other resources to learn more and more and more because I still, I, strangely, I still feel like a newbie. Certainly I'm a newbie with a feature film. So I'm trying to learn as much as I possibly can. I don't think you ever get to an end of learning, um, but I love learning. So that that's okay. I love when people continue to weave new threads in because you mentioned a couple of things there. And one uh, that came up really strongly is I, I think people kind of disconnect sometimes when they hear things like, oh, a Renaissance person thinking like you mentioned, like, oh, they do a lot of things. You're like, no, no, no. They do a lot of things well. And it's about having those things also uh, balance out or complete the wholeness of the person and say, I maybe have a scientific mind and I want to learn and grow my skill sets and I want to create stuff. And sometimes the best way to figure out how to write the next chapter in the book is to stop writing and start like sculpting or drawing. And then the yeah. crossover or the inspiration for one fuels the other. And by having those multiple disciplines, they're stronger than any one alone. The second thing that really struck me when you talked about having the book and then you really went with your gut, we have to have those gut checks. Otherwise we can't kind of fact check, so to speak, like is theater or film really more important? Well, I don't know. Okay, well, let me go spend a year on a book 
And then I'll go, yes, it really is. And now I know because I did this other thing and that can check this system. So I'm really glad that you learned that about yourself because we'll never know unless we sometimes try the other thing, but we have to be aware enough to go, okay, I can tell this isn't working. And it's like my mom always used to say, you know, do you want to try some? And I'm like, well, I like it. And she's like, well, you won't know until you try it. Well, it's very true. And and what's interesting about that statement is it it it's similar to my languages. I could have continued to be a language teacher the rest of my life. I was good at it. Similar to that, I wrote a good book. I enjoyed it. It was enlightening. But the difference is it wasn't like, oh, tried that, nah, don't like it. No, it was like tried that, liked it, could have continued. But what is my heart calling for? What do I feel the most passionate about? Because I think when you are a Renaissance type person, you can actually get wooed into different directions. And especially if you have people around you saying, oh, wow, that's fabulous. You need to, everyone was saying to me, you need to write a Ren Women too. And just the little thing in my head was saying, I don't think so. That was great. That was fun. Loved it. Now let's get back into this very creative side of myself. Yeah. So, yeah, you do find those things out. But you also learn from each one, like you already said, that you grow from each one in ways that you hadn't before you did it. One of the threads that you mentioned was the move from the short films to a feature. And I wanted to see which you'd like to get in first, because I know you have a production company, the Venice Sky Productions, and you have the, the new film and balance, which is coming up. So did the production company come into existence to make the film? Was the production company there first and it's there and then said, well, what do we want to do? Oh, here's a film let's make. Talk to me a little bit about those two things and which one brought about the other. The production company, Venice Sky Productions, has actually been around for quite a while. It actually started initially as a stage company, stage producing company. So the couple of, I mean, I've been produced by theaters, but I've also produced some of my own pieces. And when I have, I realized I needed a production company. I was working with a collaborator at the time, and she and I formed it together to do this play in 2006. So Venice Sky Productions, and then eventually she she went her way, I went mine, and um, and through mutual agreement, I kept the, the 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 title and became the sole owner of Venice Sky Productions. So when I moved into film and into the short films, and I knew I was going to be at least producing or co-producing, then I already had this entity, Venice Sky Productions. What I formed for the upcoming feature is an LLC, because Venice Sky Productions really just functions as a DBA and has been from the beginning. So it's not like this fancy kind of corporate uh, entity. It's a DBA. So, and I may have to change that. I don't know. I'm looking into it legally, but I don't think I have to. I believe I, as long as I have my LLC, and my LLC is under the title of the feature film. So, um, so yeah. And what's nice about that is I was able from the very beginning to have this one spot. I mean, I have my regular website, but I have a Venice Sky Productions website. So everything that I did got to be archived 
on that, which as you notice when, when you saw that site, makes it much easier to say, here are the productions that in one way or another I've been involved. So, so that's how that came about. Hey everyone, sorry to stop the show, but we have to pay some bills around here. And to do that, I wanted to point out a couple things I have on offer at my site, shaneborza.com. If you scroll down to my courses, you can see I have both a content creator live class and a DIY version. These teach you everything you need to know from a production standpoint, so you can either get a writing project done, an audio project, or a film project. It doesn't matter, it works for everyone. If you scroll down, you can see some of my clients and some of the testimonials people have left telling you how helpful this has been for them. So I hope you check that out. You can also go to my shop and you can see all that I have on offer to include coaching programs, audio stuff like soundtracks, film production stuff. I have filmmaker bundles, all types of things you might need to help you get your art out into the world. As you can see, I also have a number of books. They are all on Apple Books. So you can go to my site and get them directly, or you can go to Apple Books, put my name in, and then you can see all the books there. They are easily downloadable, and you can read them on an iPad or something like that. There are coaching books here. There are poetry and photo books here. And I'm very excited, I just updated my Film Notes workbook and Film Notes book. They are expanded and updated 2023 editions. So please check those out if you want some extra stuff to help teach you production. And now back to the show. And with the new film that you're getting going now, and, and you had mentioned earlier knowing the gals from Miracle Makers. So talk to me a little bit about what you're working on now, but also how you collaborated with, with them so that you could all work together. Great two-part question. The first is, again, in a way I've gone in almost reluctantly, and let me put it like this. I have another script that I've written called Blue Jay Singing in the Dead of Night, which is going to be where I'm going to co-produce with two other women in another production company that we formed called View Productions. Now, those are two women I've worked with in both theater and in film. And so we're like this team. We've done a full length play. We've done a couple of shorts together. So it's always when the three of us, one is a director, one is an actor, and one is myself, the writer. When the three of us are working on a project together, we do it through View Productions. Well, what happened again, this was sort of this type of situation where suddenly I found myself facing a decision was that we were going to do Imbalance. This is the name of the film through this company. And my uh, collaborator works at North uh, Carolina, University of North Carolina School of the Arts. She runs the film program there, which is an extraordinary university and has an incredible uh, facility. But what's interesting is that this story is about a university and it's about an illicit affair that happens between a professor and a TA. This subject matter became somewhat of a conflict of interest for my director in that she is college administration. And all those Me Too, Title IX issues that are so present for them in, in the administrative side of, of education made this topic 
difficult to tackle for her as the director. And and so that uh, my feeling was, I'm not going to direct my first feature. I'm just going to write my first feature until she had to drop that project and took on this other script of mine, which is exciting. We're hoping that'll that'll, you know, go into development soon and start happening. But meanwhile, I was left with imbalance with a story that, again, started as a full length play years ago, has evolved through the years and has become this really relevant, socially relevant story now about Me Too and Title IX and all these sort of tighter, tighter issues that happen between professors and students that didn't happen when you and I went to college, most likely, probably not for you, certainly not for me. I dated a professor. I mean, it was not a big deal. It's a big deal now. And so even though these are two full adults, He's in his late 30s, she's 50, you know, it's, we're not talking, but it's still an imbalance, and there's the term, of power. So it really applies to any workplace romance. And that's what we're seeing across the board are what's happening in workplace romances where you have an imbalance of power. So after about a six-month sort of wringing my hands kind of thing, I realized I can't let it go. I, I can't just drop this project. I'm going to tackle it myself. I'm going to do, I'm going to completely produce it myself. I'm going to completely write it and completely direct it. But I'm going to need a really good team. And that's where both Miracle Makers producers came in and my DP. So this is the same DP I worked in the last two films. Sean Blodgett that I had mentioned before that we just have this sort of shorthand, amazing shorthand together. And what's been delightful working with him is he is he has a new title. Yes, he's the DP and the editor, but he's also the creative co-producer. He goes through the script with me. We talk about every scene. He gives great writing tips. Uh, he will talk about it from a visual, you know, perspective. Um, I will talk about it more from a story perspective. But between us, we make changes and tweaks. And that has worked really well. And I already know how well we work together on set and how well we're going to work in the editing room. What will be new for me is the whole so much bigger scope of this. The fact that this is not just a 15 minute short. You know, this is going to be an hour and a half probably feature. And so this idea of breaking it down, of course, doing the shot lists, really being very thorough about storyboard shot lists, all that. None of that did I even do for these shorts. We just would talk it out and go in and get as much coverage as we could. And then in the editing room, kind of put it all together. That's not going to be the case here. It can't be the case. You you have to save money when you're when you're on set. So you really have to be thinking in advance about all of these elements as, as much as you can. Not that you can't do something a little more spontaneous on set, but at least you go in very prepared. As far as Gretel and Aaron, I have a friend of mine who I keep seeing at the same film festivals. My films have gone to like about 70 film festivals. So a good number of festivals. I've gone to maybe 35 of those. Uh, physically, maybe more. I keep seeing the same filmmakers. We're all on the same circuit. You know, I call it the the B and C circuit because I'm sorry, forget Sundance. Anyone out there listening to me, 
Um, you know, if you're doing short films, the chances you're going to get into Sundance or Tribeca or one of those is pretty damn slim. So after a while, I, I think I stopped trying for those. And I found these absolutely wonderful festivals that I call the B-level ones. And I hate kind of that terminology, but they're really good festivals, but they uh, they are not impossible to get in. And I kept seeing the same filmmaker there, a gentleman named Pat Badestini, who had who has done like 11 short films. And like me, he's like going, okay, I guess I absolutely have to do a feature. This is ridiculous. I need to stop doing shorts. I need to put my big pants on now, you know, and do a feature. Um, so he and I were chatting and I said, God, I need, the associate producer I worked with before has moved back to Australia. I need somebody. And he said, oh, I've got a couple gals to recommend to you. And he recommended Aaron and Gretel with whom he's he worked on the feature that he did just complete. Um, and uh, I don't know if he'd worked with them before that too, but he definitely worked with them on that. And he said, you're going to love them. Well, I have, you know, and the one rule that I tend to have, and boy, I hear nightmare stories from colleagues, but I have a no jerk rule. I mean, I just have a no jerk rule. If some, I mean, if two actors come in and they're both talented and one of them is just tiny, bit more talented but he's clearly a jerk that's not who I'm casting you know I mean and the same thing with with crew I have sometimes worked with people that I will not work with again um and I don't know if everybody realizes how long lasting that effect if you are not fun on set if you are not amenable harmonious on set that you may well not be hired again for that person's next film. So, um, so I do, you know, and it can, sometimes I can accidentally get people that, you know, aren't easy to work with, but I absolutely consider that essential, that it be a harmonious set. I am not a person who yells or bosses people around. Um, I am collaborative. The buck does stop with me. It's very clear that it stops with me, but that doesn't mean I don't listen to everybody I do. So I think every director kind of sets the tone for what kind of set they're going to run. Um, so this film, I'm very excited about it. Um, we are looking to shoot in Santa Barbara, by the way. That's where I live. And I really want it to be a community shoot. And we already have people volunteering their homes. One uh, well-known restaurant here is, because uh, that's where I live, well-known well restaurant here called The Black Sheep. They are donating their restaurant for when we shoot the restaurant scenes. Uh, we'll be shooting scenes probably at the City College. So it's very much a community film. And of course, we have the Santa Barbara Film Festival, which we'll, we'll send it to. Um, so uh, so I'm very excited, but I am in the difficult phase, and we can talk about this if you'd like, of raising the money. Um, you know, it's a lot less to do a short film. And we're in a low budget. We're ultra low budget SAG. Um, but that's still a lot of money. So we're we're that's one of the things Aaron and, and Gretel and I are working on really hard is to raise the money. One very nice thing that came along was I got a fiscal sponsorship. And if you don't know what that is, that's when a charity will take on your project under their umbrella. And actually, anyone who donates gets a um, gets a tax deduction. 
which especially for those donating donating higher amounts can can really mean a lot. So that's kind of where where that is at. I do have a couple possibly attached actors. Other than that, I will tell you that we're at a halt because of the SAC strike. We are planning to shoot February, uh, end of February, beginning of March, preferably. But of course, it will be very much dependent on. So we've stopped approaching actors, obviously, uh, and hope that that gets resolved soon, as everybody hopes. I wanted to ask, as we're talking about writing, theater, film, and all these things, this is a show called Film Notes. I always like to get people's notes. So when you look back on everything you've done or everything you are doing, what are, say, the top couple notes you might have for other people who might want to follow in some of the steps that you have done, whether it's writing, theater, or film? Well, it's interesting that you're calling this film notes. Because I think one of the things that writers, and I, as you have mentioned, I teach writing as well. And one of the things I think writers, especially when they start out, don't realize is that you're going to be getting a lot of notes. You are going to be getting a lot of feedback, a lot of people telling you what they think. Now, you can have one of two attitudes. Everything I write is precious and perfect. I will never change a thing. Uh, that will be the end of your career, unless you are a complete and utter genius. Or you can learn how to take notes. And the how to take notes is a skill set in itself. Uh, one of the things I tell my writer, uh, you know, when I teach workshops at the writers' conferences that I teach at, I say, if three people say the same thing, most likely you need to listen. If one person, well, you know, you can sort of weigh it. And um, and if one person says something that absolutely resonates with you, don't be lazy. Go in and change it because it's resonating with you and you know it's true. So that's one of the things I would absolutely say. You know, you don't think of these sort of pedantic things, but really in film in particular, be organized. You know, don't be all artsy-fartsy where you're all over the map and you're, you know, I only dwell in these clouds of esoteria, you know. Be solid, be responsible, turn up on time, um, have file folders, you know. I mean, put things where they belong. Um, know, know all the various steps that you're going to have to take to do pre-production, whether it's a short one or a feature, you know, know that you are going to have to have a whole step-by-step -step process and be willing to do it and be patient enough to do it. And of course, the thing that I already mentioned is find the right collaborators. It will make an enormous difference. And again, this is where your gut comes in. If your gut is saying to you, I don't know why this person's really good, but I don't feel right around them. I don't, I don't feel like I can fully communicate with them. That's not the person you should work with. You know, find the people who think like you do, but think also beyond what you do. So that you are able to communicate with each other, resonate with each other, but they will also bring new things to the picture things that you will respect because you respect them and their style and their vision and then listen to them. And you can, you again, buck stops. You can decide whether to that take that or not. 
So those, I would say, would be three pieces of advice. So thanks for those notes. I think it's really helpful for people to be able to listen from either people have experience or just some wisdom in whatever to be able to learn, as we talked about earlier, like I definitely want to opt in or out of that. And mm -hmm. it's sometimes really helpful, I think, for ourselves to process and go, oh yeah, these are the valuable lessons I learned. Let me pin that maybe top of mind as I go into a new project or remind myself of the hard-won lessons that I've had. Now, you mentioned a few things over the course of the talk today, the new film, the production company, the fact that you're fundraising right now. So I wanted to make sure you had a chance to showcase some places that people could go to either follow along with some of the projects you're working on, connect with you, or find some more information specifically about the new film. The first thing I would do is mention there are two particular websites that people can go to to learn about my film work and then to learn more specifically about the feature. So that first one, and I and I know that Shane will be putting these somewhere in 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 print, is Venice Sky P R O D S, short for productions. VeniceSkyPRODS.com. And that basically uh, has all of my um short films, um, has trailers for everything, has a list of the festivals they've gone to and all of that. So it gives you a good overview of myself as, as a filmmaker. And also it has some of the um, uh, theatrical productions. The website for our feature film is imbalancethefilm.com. When you go on there, you will see a promo that I did that is tells you more about the film, uh, gives you a sense of the emotional and intellectual content of the film, some of the social relevancy of it, the fact that it really deals with gray areas when it comes to these issues. And to me, that's where things get interesting as a writer. Um, so that's imbalancethefilm.com. Uh, uh, then uh, we are in that difficult, challenging phase of raising the money. We have raised some of our budget, which is great. We have a ways to go. So one of the things that we are really grateful to have uh, that I think I mentioned earlier, one of the things we're really grateful to have is what's called a fiscal sponsor. This is, this, uh, is the company called Creative Visions, uh, and they are at creativevisions.com. And what they are is this absolutely incredible organization, which is uh, which supports creative activists, which means all forms of creativity, uh, art, dance, um, film, etc., um, that have some sort of either activism component or social component to them. And so they, uh, I applied and they uh, took me on as one of their sponsorees, sponsees, what the, whatever the word might be. And there is a link that we will give you that will take you directly to the donation page for Imbalance. And because they are a charity themselves and they are fiscally sponsoring our film, it means that any donation you make uh, will be tax deductible. 
And I will tell you that um, there are perks for a lot of the donations, even starting as low as $25. That's our first level. And we have various levels of donations. And um, you will see some of that listed on the website. Um, and even up to the higher levels are, we're talking about getting IMDB credits, producer credits. So you get quite, uh, um, quite a uh, wonderful kind of perk if you are um, at those higher levels, but really at every level, there is a little gift or several types of things that you get for your donation. And I hope the best thing that you get for your donation is the realization that you are helping a film become a reality, which, you know, is what we all, I think, want to do for our fellow creative artists and for those that we if we're not a creative artist those that we admire in the arts so i think those are the main things that i wanted to cover as far as i am on facebook i do have an imbalance facebook page i am on which you can like and i'd love for you to like it i am uh on there as my name dale griffiths tamos and i'm also on instagram I do not yet have an a, a imbalance, um, what do you call it, uh, account on Instagram, but, I, but I'm but i there and I list everything that I do with my film on there as well. So you can connect me with me that way. Um, and I think those are the main things. So as you mentioned earlier, I will make sure that those links not only appear on the screen for the web series, but uh, for the podcast, obviously people will only be able to hear it. So all the links will be in the show notes. So everyone will be able to not only connect with you in the film, but be able to see, like you'd mentioned earlier on the production comedy website, some of the other things that you had done and learn more about your background and history. I believe I also have a link to your book. So I'll, I'll put that in there as well if people are interested in reading that. Just want to thank you for being here, being so open, talking about kind of the past and present and future of all the endeavors that you're on. So thank you so much for the time and the education to me. I learned not only a lot about you, but also about the journey between some of the different artistic things that you do that I've never done. And that was really interesting to me. And I'm sure a lot of people get a lot out of this talk. So thank you again. I really appreciate Shane. This was delightful. And for all of you, thank you for tuning in or listening to the podcast. Again, this is Film Notes and we'll have new episodes out every month. So I'll see you on the next one. Thanks for watching. If you'd like to support the show, please click on the link below. You can also contact me at my website if you have any questions about filmmaking or anything else. Off to the side, you'll see a couple of my books, Film Notes and the Film Notes Workbook. I encourage you to check those out if you'd like to learn more about filmmaking. See you in the next episode. Scene one, Apple, take one.